G'day, I'm Kevin Hillier and welcome to You Can Always Tell Them You Played One Game. A look at the first game of a celebrated and maybe sometimes not so celebrated AFL-VFL career. That's all thanks to Star Sub, locally made sports apparel. There's no minimum orders, quick turnaround and a two-year warranty. Find out more about them by contacting Jeremy at starsub.com.au. But let's get into this week's story and joining me, Paul Daffy. Johnny, get down here. Players and officials and everybody into this one. Right down in front, there's the cans going over the fence. The runners are in, Andrews is in. They're all in. It's going to be, look at this going on out here. Quinton Allen, the scene. And Parsons going for his life. Didn't want to be in it. Players are laid out. People are laid out everywhere. One of the nastiest teams I've seen in football for years. Let's go back to uh, Windy Hill in front of 24,376 people, I do believe, was the official crowd figure that day. And uh, young gangly uh, skiddy bloke named Max Crow made his VFL debut. <laughs> and he's on the line, Paul. Yes, he is. Uh, g'day, Max. G'day, Paul. How are you? Very good, thanks. Max, you were 18 when you made your debut, round 7, 1974, against Richmond at Windy Hill. Now, you had an astonishing debut in terms of the number of goals you kicked, but it's also one of the most famous or infamous games in league history. So it's an extraordinary game to make your debut. It was the famous, infamous Windy Hill Brawl, which in, where Richmond and Essendon, not only players, but trainers and even spectators, and a six-year-old boy wandered into the, uh, into the area. Um, it, was, it was an amazing game. Can you tell us, well, your memories of, of your debut? Well, your debut it was... Match? It was interesting that I even played because in 74, you used to be able to play six games in the reserves on permits. And I came down from Underbull, which um, and I played in the six permits. And the club came to me on the Tuesday night and they said, well, if you sign a clearance, we'll play you this week. And all I wanted to do was play one game. So I signed a clearance and that's uh, probably part of the reason I got a game. Because otherwise you're going to go back to Underbull, which is, a lot of listeners yeah. might not know. Is, it's a half an hour at the other side of Oyen. It's a yeah, good yeah. five and a half hour drive from Melbourne. It's right up in the northwest of the state in the Melbourne. Uh, yeah. So That's it's a long way. South Australian border. That's right, yeah. So you just wanted to go home or what was what was your thinking? Well, I just wanted to come down and have a go. And um, after the first six games, which I didn't like Melbourne all that much, but... Uh, I really wanted to play one game to say I played league footy. So mm-hmm. when they asked me, when they told me that they'd, uh, if I signed a clearance that I'd get a game this week, I was pretty keen to sign the clearance and get a game. <laughs> it was an interesting game. Did you know it was going to be such a big game? I mean, did you have any any sort of what, what were your thoughts in your head when sort of okay, so you're playing on Saturday, going to be playing in, at Windy Hill? Did you think, oh, this will be a really big occasion? Do you think, I oh, know, I'll get a game and then I'll nick off? I didn't really uh, come from the country. I, I, I used to be a mad Fitzroy supporter because my uncle played at Fitzroy. He retired in 73. So I didn't know a lot about Essendon. And, um, Who was your uncle, Max, sorry? Russell Crowe. Oh, yep, from Warwick, was that right? Yeah. All I wanted to do was play the one game, so I uh, thought, oh, well, this is good. So, But I didn't really know a lot about Richmond or Essendon, really, when I 
first come down. The Tigers were the reigning premiers, Max. You must have known that. Yes, yes, I knew they were a good side. <laughs> so this this was this, and it was a big occasion. There was a bit of Richmond were not the uh, friendliest team towards their rivals in those days. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, they uh, well, well, they won the premiership that year too, didn't they? They did. They ended up winning the flag, the 73-74. So were you nervous, or were you, were you just were you overawed, or what was what was your feeling leading into the match? Oh, I was young and silly, and uh, just loved playing footy, and uh, so I didn't really get nervous. But under the all the team I played with up in the Mallee, they had to buy that week, and there's only 300 people live there, and I think 150 of them came down to watch the game. <laughs> And, uh, Half a it, was town. Funny, it was funny because a lot of the farmers and that they came down had never ever been to Melbourne, and uh, they uh, sort of all stayed in the Alexandra Motel. And um, I remember going around to one of the farmers in the morning, and he came up to me and he said, "Max, I'd like to wish you all the best, but uh, I'd like to go and get the car and stick it in the queue so I could get the car on the fence." <laughs> Initiation. Uh, did you did you think you'd get targeted, or do you do had, had you been talked to by some of the senior players of what to expect from from Richmond? Uh, well, Ron Ronnie Andrews was one of the only guys I really knew because he was a bit of a country boy and he looked after us. And um, but I really didn't know a lot of the other Essendon players that well. And you know, I sort of knew about um, Sheedy and all these sort of guys. And, uh, She's a spy for Richmond, of course. Yeah, yeah but I didn't. Uh, really get nervous. I didn't know much about him, really. I was pretty raw. The, the coach was Des, playing coach, I think. Tuddy, Des, yeah. Was Des yeah, Tuddy. Did, did Tuddy have a word to you before the game? Uh, well, he was keen to get me to sign the clearance. So, <laughs> <laughs> God, he was tough. You know, like, uh, when you go back into the 70s and that, and you realise how tough some of these players were. Yep. Uh, it's just amazing. It's a whole different game now. But, um, I was really lucky. I went first. Time I went to the ball. The umpire gave me a free kick, just out of sympathy. I think in the ten yard square, so I got a goal. <laughs> but oh, that's a good start. Off of it. Oh, so you, did you kick a goal your first kick in league footy? Yes, I think I kicked oh, in that, wow. in that prestigious club. Like two. Okay. I don't know if they had any any records back in '74. So, what's your memories of the game overall? Well, I was down the school end at half time and. Just a sign. I just walked up and I saw a few people having a bit of a go on the sidelines, but I just thought it was some of the crowd. I didn't really realise what what was really happening, so I probably walked straight past it, oblivious to it all, and gone in and sat next to Ronnie Andrews in the in the rooms at half time because he was probably the guy that I really knew. And he's saying to me, he said, "Crowley, I've got a big lump on the fist. I think I might have broken my hand." And uh, he sort of trying to flex his hand, and I, I thought, uh, God, he must have hit someone or something. But then he finished up. He had to go to the tribunal on the Tuesday night for hitting the wild Roberts. So. He got six weeks for it too. And yeah, it was wild Roberts got a uh, rather broken nose out of it. I suspect. Yeah, it was interesting because the wild old, old Jack Gaffney was the chairman of the tribunal, and he asked Mr. Roberts. He said. You've got a broken jaw, a broken cheekbone, 
broken nose and loose teeth how this happened. And uh, he said, Mr Gaffney, the police horse kicked him. Because <laughs> <laughs> there, there were police horses on the... Remember, I was actually at that game. I was not so far yeah. from the incident. I was, uh, what would I have been, about nine? I remember it was my mother's birthday. And uh, I remember just thinking, even at nine, I knew this is not yeah. a normal course of events, that this is a... Uh, you don't see... Because there, there was a lot of excitement and... People craning their necks, standing. I was just probably standing on beer cans and my grandfather had arranged and we all craning our necks to yeah. see what was going on. And there was a runner getting tossed out of the... Uh, yeah. Jim Bradley, I think, was getting tossed out of the... Well, he got his jaw broken. But since I retired, I've become good friends with Mel Brown. And I've seen him a fair bit down at Portsea when we're down there. And uh, after a few drinks and that, I've tried to get him to tell us what really did happen, but... Oh, you have, t- you have tried, and how'd, how'd you go? Uh, he changes his story every time. Oh, he can't trust He it. reckons it was the Essendon runner that uh, caused the problem, but I keep telling him it was him. But... I was going to say, don't you famously say that it was his fault? <laughs> can, can I re- look at your, your good colleague, Rowan Connolly, Kess? Yes. Uh, he's, he's written extensively on this particular game. So I'll just. The paragra- one of the paragraphs he's written about it is. Uh, Windy Hill descended into chaos when Richmond's Mel Brown tangled with Bombers player Graham Jenkins moments before the first half oh. ended. After after the players separated and headed towards the race, Essendon runner Laurie Ashley confronted Brown and within seconds a wild all-in brawl had broken out. <laughs> players, officials, spectators, police, and at one stage even a six-year-old boy were all involved in the violent skirmish as the dust settled on uh, and the fighting came to a halt. One spectator and an Essendon player were left unconscious Richmond Ruckman Brian Whale Roberts was gifted a broken nose. Lesson of fitness advised Jim Bradley suffered a broken jaw. Richmond players endured the fury of Bombers fans as they walked up the unguarded race, dodging beer cans and pies that were thrown their way. And it goes on. I mean, there's one player who's even younger than you in that game. That's you. You were 18 and a half when you made your debut. Stephen Parsons, the Richmond player, was 17 and a half. Oh, wow. He was, he was later um, received a four-week ban for striking... Jim Bradley, and would later have assault charges laid by police oh, that were dismissed in the magistrate's court. Stephen Parsons did not have a long career. That was uh, <laughs> no, he, fact, he did. He played quite a few games, but with Mel, now we sort of have a few drinks, and he's a he's quite a funny guy. But he, it's amazing. He only played thirteen games in played fourteen games, or something, right, yeah. fourteen games. But geez, he made of uh, an impact. <laughs> I thought he yeah. would have played 500 the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Did, did it? Uh, I mean, do you look back now? Do you have a do you have a, a glowing memory of uh, put all the stuff that happened aside? Do you have a glowing memory about uh, about your debut or not? Yeah, no, I do. I look back and uh, I was lucky enough to kick four goals in the game. And after it, they used to have awards, and I remember I won the um, case of Carlsberg beer. The award, and I was only just 18. I didn't drink much, but I thought all the boys that come down from Underville might be able to help you out. Drink it, but, <laughs> but they wouldn't drink it. They've never ever heard of it. What's this Carlsberg <laughs> stuff? Uh, they only they only drink Abbots or Abbots. Because <laughs> you're going me. back now. <laughs> courage, la- courage draft, or courage lager. Uh, four, four four goals. Where did you actually? We haven't asked where did you actually played. Were you at full uh, forward? I just played the forward pocket. Forward pocket. We're wearing number 43. I gather. Uh, 45. 45, was it? But I started on um, Cloakey. David Cloak, uh, yes. He was, he was a young bloke himself that. in those days. Yeah, he was very young, so he was playing back pocket, not playing forward pocket. But, uh, yeah, no, it was... 
an interesting game. It's got it's a long time ago. Well, it's interesting. I mean, the scores. It was just in those days they kicked lots of goals. Yeah, Kev, you might yeah. you might remember. You're old enough to remember this. Yep. So Essendon fifteen fifteen one oh five lost to Richmond sixteen nineteen one fifteen. So both yeah. teams kicked over hundred points, and there was only ten points in it. Max Crow eight kicks, five marks, four goals. There you go. Graham Moss, the ruckman, who ended up winning the Brownlow the following year. Uh, that might have been his a, first or second year over from WA. He had 16 kicks and 15 handballs in that match. Uh, he, was, he was a great player, Mossy. He was one of the best. Yes. Uh, he, he wasn't around. He wasn't at Essendon for long, was he? He made a huge no, impact on him. No, but uh, he, uh, he wasn't a fit-looking guy or anything, but God, he had fantastic hands and he was a great ruckman. Good He's a great player. And an outstanding moustache. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing number 25, remember? Neville Fields had 23 kicks and four handballs. Oh, so gee, there's a name from the, uh, yeah. uh, the glory, those glory years. Uh, Actually, I'm, John Casson played. He got into... A bit of strife. End of the blue, too, I think. He was, he was capable in that regard, wasn't he? For Richmond, Ian Stewart kicked five goals <laughs> uh, and retired soon afterwards, mid-season. Okay. So he played in the 73 Premiership, retired halfway through the 74 season and didn't play in the 74. He just said, I've had, I've had enough. So well, they went he on. He was a... CEO when I went to St Kilda. Oh, of course, right, eh? So I got to know uh, Stewie for a while. Kevin Bartlett, 25 kicks, one handball, and Wayne Walsh, 23 Hang kicks, Hang on, three how many handballs did Bartlett well, that, have? That, sorry, that is a mistake. <laughs> Kevin Bartlett, right. 26 <laughs> kicks, we'll scrub that handball. Wayne Walsh, 23 kicks and three handballs. Max, you played for Essen for several years, well, seven years. Uh, 136 games, St Kilda for three years, 40 games, and Footscray for one year, 12 games. The Mighty Doggies for a year, Maxie. <laughs> yeah, I got the sack from quite a few clubs in the finish. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Sheedy, who came to Essendon in, what was that, 81? Yeah. He said it was a, he regretted letting you go, or maybe he even pushed you out, I'm not sure, but he, uh-huh. that, was, that was one of his great regrets of his early years at Essendon. At that time, we had uh, we had the two Maddens, Merritt, Bandahar, and... Um, Stephen Talbot was still there, and uh, Terry Denner. Terry was there, but, but the tall guys—they had a Plata. heap of tall guys. And I was at the stage where I was only really playing when someone got injured, if a backman got injured, or if a ruckman got injured, or something. And I could see the writing on the wall, and um, I thought, well, you know, it's going to be really hard at Essendon, which it was for the next couple of years. Even though Justin Madden went to Carlton and Stephen Talbot went to Sydney, but. Um, Salmon was just coming through too. He was just starting in the thirds. Taller than you? Not many men are, but who's taller than you? A lot taller than me, and I could see the writing on the wall. So there was a chance for me to go somewhere else and try and improve a bit. Well, gee, you had a pretty good time at St Kilda. You want to be an effort at St Kilda, didn't you? First year? Uh, First year, but then I was injured a lot of the time. The second two years, I had broken collarbone and um, some other things. So. First year was good, but then it sort of went downhill. Now, Max, you're still involved. You've you've got famous sporting progeny, of course. Absolutely. You still we'll talk about that. Are you still involved yeah. in footy these days? Uh, well, I go and watch Essendon whenever I can. Cause, so you're back for Essendon, you know, okay? Yeah, because yeah, my son's the high performance manager there. Oh, uh, just, that's Justin. Justin, yeah. Justin, Justin played uh, one game at Collingwood. Is that right? Yes, he played one game at Collingwood. So uh, he was a good fit guy. You know, he just sort of didn't. He started going all right, then he broke his leg and missed 12 months, which mucked him up. And being a tall guy, they didn't persevere with him after they were 26 or 7 or so. He is uh, exceptionally talented in the high-performance area, though. He's, uh, he's, one <laughs> he's of, doing uh, well. Oh, he's one of the guns, one of the guns. He's very good. So he, uh, he was with the Pies. He went back there and he was their rehab person when they won the Premiership. And 
he was their runner there for a few years. And so he's had a good career and he's got a tough job at the moment, though, being high performance man. There's a lot of pressure on him now. And your daughter, of course, has you know, done a couple of things, I suppose. <laughs> uh, Kim would have been a great footballer. <laughs> was she a hurdler? She's very tall and strong, isn't yeah, she? Was yeah. she a hurdler at the start or a runner at the start from memory yeah, before she got into she rowing? Was, uh, she won a world um, championship, uh, junior champion, championship when she was 15 in the 400 hurdles. That's right. Really? And uh, she's a very good hurdler, a very good 800 runner, very good 1500 runner. But then she got injured. <laughs> so that was why she got into rowing? Uh, she sort of got injured and... Um, she was sort of easing up. She was really devastated, but the coaches saw her working on the ergo, and I thought she might be able to do this rowing thing. So right. then she started um, rowing, and it all uh, happened from there. She became uh, within ten years, she had a gold medal. Yeah, where amazing. was her gold medal, Max? Uh, she won a silver and a bronze in London, and she won the gold in Rio. 2012 and 16. Did it, how many people from Underball went to London to watch uh, to watch that performance? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, London, half the town. Sue and myself went, but uh, we'd been in Melbourne all the time since uh, she was born. So, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, no, it's it's a shame now she's retired because she used to get to see a lot of beautiful places around the world in world championships and those sort of things. It's a shame you can't get your kids to just keep competing so you can <laughs> swan around the world, we, Max. Well, we should give Sue Sue her right to right to credit here in uh, in you know in the progeny being as uh, successful as they are. Not it's not just on it's come out of your gene pool, Max. <laughs> no, I think they take after Sue a lot more than me. <laughs> well, what was Sue? What was Sue? Certainly got sporting? Sue's brains. <laughs> okay, what was Sue's sporting background? Uh, Sue played netball, but she does the ocean swimming, and she's a very good ocean swimmer. She's um, Won her age group in Pewter Pub four or five times, and she uh, really does well in her age group in uh, it's a serious Asian sport, yes. swims. And uh, when you talk about brains, so certainly, obviously, in the administration side of sports, Sue's been uh, Sue's been very influential in a number of sports. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, she's got a fantastic um, story to tell too. She's been in charge of women's cricket, and women's softball, and uh, she started off with the AFL. She was organised the first draft camp that they had at the AFL. Now she works at Melbourne at the soccer club at uh, Melbourne City Soccer Club. And uh, she started up the Melbourne Vixens, actually. She was in charge of Victorian netball for a while when they started up the Vixens. And, yeah, no, she's seen a lot of uh, different sorts of sports. I've run a notebook paper there, Kev. <laughs> write hey, all that down. Max, how's the body uh, for post-football? Good? Uh, I sort of struggle with shoulders and knees and yeah. things in my back, and that's not too good. But uh, I think it's just part of the game. I think most players that played 100 games or so really find it hard when they get to 60-odd, 65. Well, you played uh, nearly, well, yeah, on, just on 200, a little bit shorter 200, but that's... 188. A, uh, yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a terrific... I got my 200 with uh, night games and stuff yep. games, so... That's a great thing. So you get a pass to the games and stuff. So, oh, are you a life? Really yeah, like does it. it make you a life member or something? Does it two hundred games? Or? Yeah, I got two hundred and two with all my night games, and because I was always playing bad, so they had to play me in the in, <laughs> in, in, in uh, the night games to try and get me back into form. Oh, Tuesday night specialist. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
Yeah, you played yeah. you played Toby. You're runner up in two BNF awards at uh, at Essendon. You won one at St Kilda. No, you're a shocking footballer, Max. I don't know why we bothered <laughs> with you. Um, mate, terrific to have a chat to you. Thanks very much for taking us back to that uh, that Windy Hill brawl, that uh, that fabulous day, which just happened to be your uh, your very first game as a as a rangy eighteen year old back in uh, in 1974. We thank you for your time. All right, that's good. Thanks. If the house is rocking, Baxter it is, takes it, kicks it, quick one up to half forward. Oh, good roving there by Crow. Crow will go goalwards with a long bomb. Is it online? Yes. Another goal to the Bullies. They're seventh in the first quarter. That's Blakey trying to get it out. It comes out uh, wide to uh, Crow, who shoots for goal. That's a magnificent goal. Great uh, bit of play there by Crow. He knew exactly what was going on. You've been listening to, you can always tell him you played one game. And that's with thanks to Star Sub, locally made sports apparel and brilliantly made sports apparel with no minimum orders, a quick turnaround and a two-year warranty. If you want to find out more, and you should if you're looking after your club, contact Jeremy at starsub.com.au.